All right. Well, good morning, Docs of Church. Happy Easter. He is risen. Jesus is alive. There's a reason to celebrate, right? Guys, this is a big day. For Christians, this is like our, our Super Bowl, right? I mean, it doesn't get any bigger than this, that the sadness of Friday, the silence of Saturday has now erupted into celebration on Sunday, this Easter Sunday, because Jesus is alive and Jesus is risen. Amen? Because there's reason to celebrate. So if you are new or visiting and we haven't got a chance to meet you yet, my name is Rob. I'm one of the pastors here. It's honestly just an honor. Really excited to have you part of the Doxa family today. I'd love to meet you if we haven't had a chance. So before you head out, guys, come say hi to me, introduce yourself, and it would be just great. So here's what I want to do. I want to invite you to grab your Bible, all right? Open up to 1 Peter chapter 3. If you are in fact new or newer to, to Doxa, let me just kind of say this, if like every family kind of has its thing, right? Well, here at, at Doxa, like one of our things is we just get into the Bible. Every time that we gather like this, we just open up the Bible and try to hear from God, expectant to hear from God. And through his presence and power in our life, we respond to him, thereby becoming the people that he has created us to be. And so if you do not have a Bible, we would love to give you one this Easter Sunday. So as you head out of the auditorium on your way out, you can go to your left, the welcome space is over there. There's a wall full of Bibles, grab one or two for your family. And this would be just an awesome way for us to just give you the gift of God's word today. But here is where we're at today. Here is why we're here. And here is why I am so excited. It's not the pot of coffee that I had right before I came here. Okay. But there's actually good news. Jesus is risen. Guys, this is what Easter is all about. The resurrection of Jesus, and this is really, when we think about it, the kind of the, the sine qua non of Christianity, because I just want you to consider this, all right? If Jesus is dead, Christianity is in fact dead. However, if Jesus is alive, then Christianity is alive. And when we talk about the Christian faith, guys, we're, we're not just talking about like organized religion. We're ultimately talking about a man. And we're not just talking about a good man, but we're talking about the God man. We're talking about Jesus Christ. And as billions of people around the globe are gathered celebrating this Easter Sunday, we do so remembering and celebrating all that Jesus has done and how Jesus has changed the world in all of our stories. And so here's what we're going to do today, all right, to help us kind of reflect on and really just celebrate all that Jesus has done. We're going to look at the words from a man named Peter. Peter was one of Jesus' friends, a disciple, a leader in the early church, a man who witnessed the, the death and the resurrection of Jesus, and a man who really just gave his life to tell people about the good news of Jesus Christ and him crucified and raised. And the apostle Peter, all right, he's just a, a fascinating man that if you, you study history at all, all right, Peter was in fact a historical man, but after he met Jesus and witnessed his death and resurrection, he just basically pivoted with his life and just started traveling around telling everybody about all that Jesus had said and done, that he couldn't stop talking about him. Even when faced with persecution and death, he would not shut his mouth. And historically, we, we know that like Peter, even in the face of death, in the persecution of his faith, he didn't stop. And he didn't stop until he was crucified upside down and he stopped breathing. Now, here's the question. Like, why would anybody do that? Like, how does somebody get to a place of being that passionate that they would go to the cross upside down and die for it? As First Peter is going to help us understand this, all right? In this little letter that Peter wrote to a small group of Christians following the death and resurrection of Jesus, Peter gives us great insight into why he lived and died the way that he did 
and why we actually have a great reason to celebrate this Easter. All right, so I'm just going to read this, and then we're going to get to work with understanding what it means. So 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. If you don't have a Bible, it's going to be up here on the screen. But here's what Peter says. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. This is Easter. To an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this, you rejoice. So let's get to work in understanding what this great news is. And I want you to look first at verse 3. Verse 3 kind of just sets our goal for this morning, that our goal is to worship God just like Peter as he wrote these words. Our goal is to see God's reality with our minds, to feel God's beauty and wonder with our hearts, and to speak and to sing God's greatness with our mouths. This is what Peter did as he wrote these words. Look back. He starts, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. All right, as he's starting to write to these Christians, he, he just says, blessed be God. Doxa, Peter's response to God raising his son Jesus from the dead, which we're celebrating today on Easter, is simply this. It's just to praise God. And if this is his response, I just want you to hear me on this. I believe that this should be, and it can be, all of our responses today as well. Because as Peter talks about who Jesus is and what Jesus has done, it just makes him exalt and bless God. And when we understand what Peter is saying, our only logical response will be rejoice as well, what he says in verse 6. So this is our goal. But how, here's the question, how? Like, how do we get there? What would lead a room full of people this morning to just erupt in worship, wonder, awe, and praise like Peter? How do we get there? Glad that you asked. Peter's going to give us this answer. And this is where we find ourselves, all right? We're going to ask three questions about what we just read, and it will lead us, as we understand these, to worship and praise like Peter. And the first question is this. Guys, who is Jesus? All right, and this might, for those of you who have grown up in the church, your first word was Jesus, you were in the Bible trivia bowl clubs and all that stuff, like you could be tempted to think like, wow, this is like super elementary, I learned this in Sunday school, I'm gonna check out, everybody else needs this, not me. But guys, let me just tell you this, for those of you who are Christians, Easter really just demands us to recall and remember the answer to this question. And I think so many Christians have a problem with praise in a lifestyle of worship because we don't oftentimes think about this question deeply enough. And this is really the most significant question that any of us will ever answer with our lives. And so many people in our world today disagree with this and there is a lot of people around us that are very confused by this. And so I wanna clear this up. Look back to verse three. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. All right, Peter's excited. He uses an exclamation point, right? He's excited. But why? It's all about Jesus. All right, you think, like, what makes people so excited? Like, what makes a bunch of people jump in a tub of water? What makes a bunch of people, like, raise their hands in worship? Some of you are asking this question today. You're like, what is going on here? Like, I haven't been to church for a while. These people are really excited. Like, why are people doing this? I want to tell you this. It's all in the name of Jesus Christ. And just in the name of Jesus, there's so much we can learn. Jesus literally means God is our Savior. And Doxa, this is the bedrock of Peter's praise. God is our savior. But I really just need you to understand this, okay? In order to understand Peter's praise, we first need to understand our predicament. 
See, we're all in a position, and you might not know this about yourself right now as you sit in these chairs, but we're all in this situation where there is a sentence of death hanging over every single one of our lives. All right, the reality is is that we're all radically impacted by sin. This is the human story. This is the human predicament. You heard this, this little word in the stories of these people getting baptized. They talked about their sin. You need to know that even the greatest among us, even the most philanthropic, nice, smiling, happy, loving people in this room, we are all infected and affected by sin. And sin just is anything and everything that's in opposition to who God is and what God says. And the very nature of sin is it separates. It separates us from each other and it separates us from God. And the truth is, guys, every single person in this world, we all sin all the time. In our words, in our thoughts, in our deeds. Not one of us, not one person is perfect. And at the surface, you know, we we consider sin, and it might not seem like that big of a deal, but when we understand the effects of sin in our lives, it radically changes our perspective. And what we see throughout the Bible is this, is that sin leads to death. All right, think of it this way, okay? The majority of us, we have a cell phone, right? For those of us that are really smart, we have an iPhone and not an Android, right? But you all have like the battery life up in the the corner, right? I I didn't get paid to make that, that was a joke, everybody. Right, but we have a battery life up in the corner. And as you plug it in, it powers up, right? It, It charges. And then you unplug it, it lives for a while, and then it what? It dies. Here's what we need to understand about our lives. You and I are kinda like that. Doxa, we are not independent beings, but we are created beings dependent on God who created us. That we were created by God, given life by God, and when we sin against him, it's basically like we are unplugging our lives from the source of life. And the result is, is that we are still alive, but we are kind of in a cycle of death, and eventually we will die because we are disconnected from the source of life due to sin. And so the reality is, in a room like this, is that you can be physically living while being spiritually dead. And when we die physically, which is something that every single one of us will do, if we're dead spiritually as well, we will all stand before God to experience eternal death, which is living forever under punishment and not blessing. It's just the terrible conscious reality of hell. This is what sin leads to in our lives. It's living eternity in the complete absence of God in his goodness. And one of the most important things that we need to know about ourselves is that we have all sinned and we all need a savior. And you know, it's so interesting because all of humanity, we, we kind of know this about ourselves. And for many people, this is why there's, there's such an emphasis on, on being a good moral person. If I just be good enough, like I'm, I'm gonna be good enough for God. It's an attempt to, to find a way to live our lives to be our own savior. Many people even use church for this. The thought of like, I'll just go to church and if I'm good in church, I'm gonna be good with God. But the truth is, is guys, that you could be born in the church, you could go to church your entire life, you could be baptized in the church, you could have your funeral in the church, but you could wake up in hell. Because church doesn't save, morality doesn't save, religion doesn't save, it's only Jesus. God, our savior that we need somebody, everybody in this world needs somebody to come into our lives and do the things that we could never do for us and that's to save us from sin. Now, maybe you're here and you're like, man, that's kinda heavy. 
Like, I haven't been to, to church for a while. Like, are you supposed to be talking about this on Easter? Like, I thought this was like a big celebration and like, why are you, what is this about? It is a celebration. But doxa, we can't truly praise until we understand our predicament and what Jesus has done to overcome it. And God warns of us this in the Bible because he loves us. And I love you enough to say the hard thing because I love you. We just need to know this, that some of you are in a place where you're physically alive today but you're just spiritually dead. You don't love Jesus, you haven't found a remedy for your sin problem and you're gonna die. And you will taste like eternal death forever. And I don't want that for you. God doesn't want that for you. Doxa Church exists because we don't want that or be a reality for anybody. And that's why God in his sovereignty has brought every single one of us here today because he's bringing you to a place where you could see the glory of God through Jesus Christ and cross over from death to life. This is what Easter is all about. This is why we have hope. This is why we can sing and celebrate and rejoice. And the reason Peter's great joy is so elevated as he writes this is because he's praising God because he knows that Jesus is God his savior. He knows his sin, he knows his predicament, but he also knows that Jesus has stepped in and done the thing that he could never do on his own, and that is to save him. And guys, this is what separates Christianity from every other religion in the world. You'll hear this, so many other people will put Christianity on the same grid and the same map as other religions, but guys, Christianity doesn't fit on the same map, it doesn't fit on the same grid as other religions of the world. Other religions of the world, every other religion of the world will teach you how to save yourself. They will tell you how to do things so that you can pay off your karmic debt and then go to heaven. That you will need to live a good life and make sure your good deeds outweigh your bad deeds. And if you do that, there might be a chance for you guys. You just need to understand this is not how Christianity works. It's totally antithetical to that ideology because it's not that we save ourselves, but it's that God is our savior, amen? And this is Jesus. This is the Jesus that we celebrate on Easter, and Easter is just causing this to scream out to the world. So his name is Jesus. God is our savior, but also Christ. Jesus Christ, which means the anointed one, the chosen one, the special one, and the truth is Jesus is, in fact, significant and special. He's not just a good man that lived long ago, but he's the God man who's alive today. And Peter is so excited because God has come to us in the man Jesus as our savior to remedy our predicament. And what Peter says in the second part of verse three is just amazing. Look at this. He gives us a taste of what Jesus is like. He says, according to his great mercy. All right, so Jesus, God incarnate, has come and he's full of mercy. And here's what this means. Mercy means, guys, that there is a God who loves you. Do you know that? I know in a room this size, there's people here that you don't believe that. And you need to hear the Sunday school answer. God loves you. Great mercy means that there is a God who cares for you and empathizes with you and sympathizes with you and has compassion for you. That Jesus has been where you are and he's gone where you're going. So Doxa, just understand this this morning as we consider the mercy of God. Jesus is a God who has been here he understands here, he's made it through here, and now he's seated there, and he comforts us here as he leads us there. He's a God of great mercy. 
And for some of you, you, you think that you have done too much. I mean, some of you, as you consider sin and you're reflecting on this, you're surveying your life, you think, man, there is absolutely no way for me with this. I don't fit in here. Like all these people, they're so nice and good, they're smiling, they're happy, that ain't me. And let me just tell you that, if you're having a thought, this is not me either. We're all jacked up. Ronnie said this in announcements, this is how we lead off our Easter service. Welcome to Doxa, a bunch of jacked up people here in Madison that love Jesus, God, right? It's like we're so convinced of this. This is our reality as people. There's mercy for you. This is Easter. God's mercy is just infinite. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you've done. If you turn to and trust in Jesus Christ by putting your faith in him, there is inexhaustible mercy for you. Amen? This is good news. Jesus says it this way in John 8, 23. He says, you are from below, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. I told you, you would die in your sins for unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. Guys, this is the amazing offer of mercy from Jesus. Forgiveness of sin, eternal life with God. Escaping the terrible reality of hell. Now, here is the big question. This is our second question, and this is a massive one. Some of you might be thinking it right now, and it's this. Why should we believe anything that Jesus said? This is a big question. Like, why would we listen to and believe the things that he says about himself, about ourselves, about sin and death and heaven and hell and all those things? Why would we do that? Look back, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy... He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through what? The resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Here is what I'll tell you this Easter doxa. All right, we can trust Jesus, listen to this, not because of what he just said, but because of what he did. See, the truth is, if Jesus did not rise from the dead, this service, this church, this sermon, our faith, Easter, Guys, it's all just foolish. It's pointless, it's laughable, it's all in vain. This is what the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, that if Christ has not been raised from the dead, then our faith is really just futile. And we are to be the most pitied people in all the world. That if Jesus is not raised, then putting your faith in him and worshiping him and living for him and following his will is really just a great delusion. And we should be pitied like insane people that just live by hallucinations. Because apart from the resurrection of Jesus, there is no savior, there is no salvation, there's no forgiveness of sin, no hope for eternal life with God. That apart from the resurrection, Jesus is reduced to yet another good but dead man who is really no use to any of us. But what's the truth? Jesus has been raised from the dead. And the resurrection remains a historical reality validated by sources and witnesses both inside and outside the Bible. And for me, guys, I'll tell you this, I don't believe and follow Jesus because of anything he said. There's been many men and women throughout the history of the world who have said great, amazing things. And if I listened to their teachings and followed their ways, like my life might be okay. But I love Jesus and follow Jesus, not because of what he said, but because of what he did that he's a man that said he would be killed and he would raise from the dead, and he actually did it. A thing that has never happened before, that's never gonna happen again, the resurrection means that Jesus is who he says he is. 
It means that Jesus is God, our Savior. That if Jesus promised to rise on the third day and yet remained dead and in a tomb, we would know that Jesus was wrong. We would know that his claims about himself were absolutely not true. But the fact that Jesus did rise in the way that he said he would confirms who he is and everything that he said. The resurrection gives us confidence. And so Christian, let me just tell you this. The resurrection today that we are celebrating should give you confidence of your faith, of your hope, of your joy, of your obedience, of your discipleship, everything, all of it. It's not in vain. But because of the resurrection, our faith is just well-founded. It's secure. It gives us confidence that Jesus achieved all that he said he did. And so this means that as you sit in this chair, if you've put your faith in Jesus, that you can know for sure that you are justified before God, that you are forgiven of your sin, that you are bound from heaven because Jesus has dealt with all of your sin through faith. Doc says, is this good news? This is great news. Do you see why Peter is so excited? He has a savior. Christian, you have a savior today. Remember where you were and how you were and how Jesus broke in in that moment and saved you and let that stir in you some worship and wonder This is what the resurrection is about. And I love what Peter does next. As he's praising God because of Jesus and his resurrection, he goes on to tell us, here's what this means for us. And this is our final question, and it's this. Because what has Jesus given us? Because maybe we are just tempted to think like, oh, forgiveness of sin, great, I got that. Guys, there's so much more. We need to remember that God, we have a God who is a great giver. He's not a taker, but he's a giver. He gives us everything. He steps into human history and he just gives. He gives us his life, he gives us his love, he gives us his grace, he gives us his salvation. And the only thing that he asks from us is our sin. We have a great God. This is Easter. And so what does Peter say that Jesus gives? Look back. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, our great God and Savior. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope. Well, how did he do that? Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Jesus is a great giver. And so let me just unpack this really quick because when you understand all that God gives us through Jesus, this is an absolute game changer. So Peter says he gives mercy. We talked about that. And that great mercy has done what? It's caused us to be born again. And this is so big, but here's what this means. We are all born physically. But in that moment, and in our moments as we live apart from God, we are simultaneously spiritually dead because of sin. And in order to overcome the effects of sin, separation from God, we just need to be born again of the Spirit of God. Jesus says in the Gospel of John, chapter three, that this is the only way to heaven then this is the only comes through faith. And what it means that we are born again is that God the Holy Spirit through faith in Jesus changes your nature at the deepest level of your being, taking a sinner and making them a saint, causing what is broken to become new, making an enemy of God to a child of God. And the way that this works itself out in people is with new desires. I mean, how many of you, you've become a Christian and you're like, All of a sudden, like I just really love Jesus. 
all of a sudden, I just really kind of want to learn my Bible. I just, and you know what sounds really great is what I really want to do is I really want to go to church and sing, right? I mean, just altogether new stuff for you. I mean, this is kind of my story. Like, why all of a sudden do I just want to go to church and sing with a bunch of people that don't even have good voices, right? But, but you have this. You have these new desires. You think, like, my desires have changed. My passions are a little bit different. Money and power and positions and promotions. There's not the things that make me tick anymore. It's not the thing that gets me up in the morning. I have this new conviction in this love. Guys, this is my story. And this is so many of all of your stories in here. He's made us new. And when we're born again through faith, something in us changes at the level of nature and desire that we aren't perfect, but we're new. We're forgiven and we're redeemed. We're secure in the love and the grace of Jesus. This is what it means to be born again. And this reminds us that contrary to what many people think about Christianity, is that Jesus didn't come to make bad people good, but to make dead people alive. He gives that to us. But Peter goes on, and he says that Jesus doesn't just give us mercy and new life by causing us to be born again, but he also gives us a living hope. And guys, you know what? This is where it becomes like extremely practical. You know what our world is just missing right now? Hope. Hope. And you're going to hear people throughout your life say that all that you need to live is just food, air, water, and shelter. It's not it. We need hope. Because the truth is, as I reflected on this passage, a number of faces, a number of friends and family members that I've had, that I've known, who all had food, air, water, and shelter, have taken their own lives because they didn't have any hope. We all need hope. And so let me ask you this. What is the basis of your hope? What is it for you? Is your hope in your government? Is your hope in your job? Is it in your bank account, your marriage, your kids? Like, what is it? As you're thinking about that, let me just tell you guys, your hope has to be in someone and something bigger and better than everything else. Doc said his name is Jesus. The only true sustaining hope that we can have is Jesus. The one that is bigger and better and stronger than anything that life can throw at us. He gives us hope. But it's not just hope. What is it? It's living hope. All right, and the living hope means this, is that the hope of Jesus comes to you in this life so that you can live. And but when you die, since it's a living hope, it continues so that you never really die. You never taste death because of sin. See, Doxa, heaven doesn't just begin the day that you die, it begins the day that you come to Jesus. That he gives and he gives and he gives. This is the living hope of Jesus Christ. A hope that guarantees that God is for me and not against me. A hope that declares that Jesus who loved me and gave himself for me is alive and present and caring at every moment of my life. And to that, like Peter, we just humbly stand before God and just say, 
Thank you, Jesus. And so Jesus gives us great mercy, new life, a living hope, and Peter is like a game show host at this point. And he's like, but there's more, right? He also gives us, look back, an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. And Doxa, here's what this means. The best is yet to come. And the inheritance that he's talking about here is heaven. I want you to know that as you survey your life, the best that this world has to offer pales in comparison to heaven and what God has in store for us, this inheritance. And Peter is saying, Jesus has given you the hope of heaven and hope, the hope of heaven. Heaven is really just another world where everything and everyone is perfect and loving and under the rule and reign of Jesus. Heaven is this place. I don't know if you're like me, but I just long for it. I cannot wait to be in heaven where there is no sin, there is no suffering, there is no tragedy, there are no tears. The day that I get to heaven and I see my Savior and God wipes away every tear from my eye, it's gonna be the best day of my life. This is what's in front of us. Jesus gives us this. We long for that day. And Peter talks about God's power. If you keep going, God's power, which literally just means that you're not alone in life. You know that? That through faith in Jesus, we know that God is with us, that God is for us, that God's power is available to you through the presence of the Spirit. That he empowers you to endure things that you can't endure on your own. He empowers you to accomplish the things that you can't accomplish on your own. To love and to live in a way that you cannot do on your own. That Jesus gives us that ability. He keeps giving. And then finally, Peter mentions the great truth that we are guarded and protected and safe. Doxa, we live in a world where there's this, I mean, in the last like year and a half, there is a great sense of fear and a lack of security. And Peter is showing us that it is God who ultimately is the one who possesses us and protects us. And so we live our lives with wisdom, but we look to God for his protection and his provision, knowing that he holds our lives in his hands and he is a good father, but not just a good father, a powerful father, a king who looks out for his kids. God is a good father and he looks out for us. He guards us and protects us. Doctor, do you see how great this is? This is why Peter is praising God. And this is why when he looks at verse six, look what he says. He says, in all of this, what do you do? You rejoice that if you've come to faith in Jesus, you can rejoice today. That regardless of what life is throwing at you in this moment, there's always room to rejoice. All right, because for us that are in Christ, we have the, the great joy of rejoicing because God's love is for us, that God's presence is with us and God's provision is for us and God's power is through us. This is the Christian life. That even when everything out there is just in our world and it's a total wreck and it's not okay, in here, I'm okay. This is my rejoicing. That my rejoicing is in the one who is over the world. He has bought me with a price, who loves me like a father, who guards me by his power. And in this, we can rejoice. Doc said, does this make you want to rejoice? This is it. And so here's how I'm going to end. Christian, let me just talk to you. Do you realize, do you remember what you have in Jesus 
raised from the dead. I mean, I've been praying for every single one of us that what Peter shares here would truly help us to grasp the greatness and the goodness of God to you, to us, through the Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray that this would all land on us and stay with us all the days of our lives. Jesus has given you everything. And for those of you who are not a Christian, here's what I just wanna ask you. Do you realize that all of this is in front of you today? I mean, God has brought you here. He's brought you to this place to hear of the gift of Jesus. And he's in front of you now just with open hands and he's saying, here, just, just take it. Just take it. And when you turn to Jesus in faith, it's all yours. Everything. It's a gift of God. All you need to do is just receive it. Or you can walk away from it. Or maybe better put, like, you receive him or walk away from him. John 1.12 says it like this, to all who received him, put their faith in Jesus, who believed in his name. He gave the right to become children of God. And so I just want you to hear this today. Jesus offers you that. And I offer you that on Jesus' behalf. It's free, and I hope you receive it. Some of you are, are being drawn to God today. Your eyes are being opened to see the glory of God and your sin and your need for a savior. Don't resist that. Come to Jesus, put your faith in him, and then rejoice with the family of God. And so let's do this. I wanna invite you to stand up. And we're just really, just as we end, we're gonna follow in the ways of Peter and we're just gonna bless God this morning with all of our hearts and with all of our mouths as we sing to him, praising him for being our God and Savior who has caused us to be born again into a family and who has given us a living hope. Guys, Jesus is alive, which means we have a living hope. We have a reason to sing, we have a reason to rejoice. And so let's pray and then we're gonna sing and just bless God. Father, thank you Thank you, thank you for Jesus. As I consider my life, I have done nothing to deserve anything that you have given me. But you are that good. And in the midst of, of the darkness of my sin, in the midst of everything that I have ever done, you looked at me and you said, I love that one. I'm gonna die for that one, I'm gonna raise for that one. And the truth is, is you've done that for every single one of us. And so Holy Spirit, I pray that as we're praying right now that you would just help us to understand that you're looking at us as individuals and you're saying, I love you. And for those of us who are Christians, we've put our faith in you, God, would you just help this to just not be another day where we just gather and get all hyped up and sing songs and feel the feels and all that stuff and then walk out these doors and act like that you're still in the tomb. But that you would help us to realize that you are alive and this changes everything about our perspective and the way that we live. And God, would you help those who don't know you see the great gift that's in front of them today. 
I, I just pray that you would just cause them to be born again through faith and through a living hope. So thank you for being such a good giver. Thank you for rising from the dead that we have a reason to sing. In Jesus' name, amen.